All right, here we go. Hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, who's wearing his lavender pullover once again. And uh, since he's been wearing it, the Cats haven't won a basketball hey, hey, game. Hey, 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 hey. Trevion Berklin is with us across the glass running the show. Phone number is 537-1350. Mostly not sure why I'm giving that out because phone lines aren't really going to be open. We're going to be joined by Mason in just a moment. Plus, uh, Avery Johnson, we're going to hear from him in a couple of moments. Plus, number one song of the day, and ask us anything. But uh, before we get to Mason, i got to bring something up here to Travion. Got to run this by you. So, uh, okay. my my girlfriend's son, Harper, All right. is asking his girlfriend to formal. He's doing it with a sign. He made a sign. So, the sign reads, Kanye, be my date to formal. He's That's a big funny. Kanye fan like you are. <laughs> um, but it's it's like instead of can and you, we, it's yeah. Kanye. And there's a I, if I could blow it up here for you, picture of Kanye's face. There's an album cover. There's a picture of him and her together. What do you think? Good sign? That's pretty funny. Yeah, I like that. I've never seen anything like that before. So creative. Well, there you go, Harper. You got the sign of approval there from <laughs> Travion, who's a big Kanye fan. Uh, you know, Oh, well, there's a little bit of a plot twist here. It's not his sign. It's her sign. Oh, Lindsay, Lindsay well. just texted me and said it was her sign. She, so she asked him. So she went Sadie Hawkins on him. Yeah, she. I guess. she. May, and we and that, actually had a conversation about this one night. Apparently, she's not a Kanye fan. And that's even sweeter because she had to put the time into mm-hmm. Kanye theme. How about so. that? What a story. It's a good story. All right. Cinderella story. Mason's ready to go. All right. There's something else I wanted to bring up. It's I'm blanking on it right now. Let's go ahead and jump to Mason Voth. He's from EMA Online. Dynamite work earlier today with the video work that's been put up on their website. Plus, of course, keeping up day-to-day on what's going on with K-State hoops, K-State football. Mason, I want to start NFL. I'm going to throw a lot of topics at you, by the way, here in the next few moments. Kellen Moore, no longer the OC and the play caller. For the Dallas Cowboys, he's now with the Chargers. Will that do something? I don't know. The question is, does Dallas have a chance to be a winner again while Jerry Jones is in charge? Um, I don't know. I mean, we've seen over my entire life, which is about to be 25 years, uh, if that's not been the case. I will say this, though. Like, I'm, I'm glad they moved off of Kellen Moore. It's just kind of over, like, the inconsistency with him. And I, like, Chargers, that's a match made in heaven. Brandon Staley loves to make dumb decisions, and so does Kellen Moore. So <laughs> those two guys are, they're, they're going to have, like, they're going to be, like, you know, heck, like Jekyll and Hyde with the way that they play games. Like, there, there's going to be some games where the Chargers look like world beaters, and then there are going to be other games where, like, okay, this team's destined for the first pick. Like, they Hey, I just I have zero faith in him. I think he he outsmarted himself a few times, so I'm glad to see him move on. I I would lean towards saying yes, it can happen under Jerry still because like they're acquiring talent. They just have to find a way to get those pieces to to work together, and hopefully the bad Ezekiel Elliott contract was a slight wake up call to Jerry to maybe you know do some things a little bit smarter moving forward and. Teams get hot and streaky, and that could happen in any given postseason. So 
It, there's a chance, but it doesn't seem likely the way that he's running things right now. You just surprised me with your answer because I always thought you were a fan of Kellen Moore. Is that praise or the uh, compliments you've given on social media? Is that always just sarcasm? Yes, that's always been sarcasm. Yeah, I'm oh. not a. Uh, yeah, I, I've not been a big Kellen Moore guy. I've kind of seen through the BS because for every one good thing he does, he does like three stupid things. And if you're not aware of how football works. You get four downs to try and get a first, and if only one of them's good and three of them suck, uh, you're probably not going to get great results. So I'm I'm not uh, a Kellen Moore guy. Are you a Mike McCarthy guy? I'm indifferent on Mike McCarthy. I don't think he's terrible. Um, I love the fact that like he's had equal levels of success, maybe more, since he departed Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers looks like the scumbag there. Um, so I, I'm team Mike McCarthy in that regard. I. I don't really have a huge preference, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's a, a better option out there right now than, than going with him. So give him another year, and if they, they flop again, then it's probably best to look somewhere else. Next topic, speaking of Dallas, uh, Big 12 President's ADs meeting uh, currently in the Fort Worth, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, the uh, Hyatt. What happens first? Gonzaga being added as a Big 12 basketball member or Texas and Oklahoma getting their early exit agreement with the Big 12? Um, I think it's got to be Texas and Oklahoma get their early exit agreement from the Big 12. I, I I just think like both sides are probably sick of having to deal with each other, and I think that there were probably some concessions made when it came to the most the upcoming Big 12 football schedule that came out. So um, they probably were able to negotiate some things during that process and be like, all right, Oklahoma and Texas, if you give us this, we'll try and get something worked out to where you can uh, get out of here as soon as you want. So I would, I would lean towards that just because I'm not entirely sure like how much steam uh, the, the Gonzaga thing has at the moment. And if there is any of it, it's going to probably have to pick up pretty hot and heavy again to beat Oklahoma and Texas. Well, and the interesting part about that is that you've got ESPN involved in both cases because they've got a deal with Gonzaga individually, as well as you know wanting to get Oklahoma and Texas in place for the SEC contract. Yeah, well, and it would make sense for uh, ESPN to like get involved in some of this because, like knockout happened to worry about like a separate thing for Gonzaga and really just cater towards them um, then you can just group them in with the Big 12 and you probably feel better about it. I, I think it, I mean I think it makes sense. I, I think Gonzaga at some point being added in um, adds up for not only a lead but also for Gonzaga especially now that like uh, they've been so consistent with the way that they've played and if you want to have some kind of like sustainability after Mark Few moves on, you know, I mean, that's still probably a ways away for him retiring, but when that day comes, it's probably best to be in a good position as opposed to kind of starting over again and having to recruit kids to a nobody conference. Next topic, let's go to Allen Fieldhouse. You sat behind me in Allen Fieldhouse, and, uh, you know, your boyfriend was officiating, John Higgins. (laughs) <laughs> I look back at you a couple of times on a couple of calls. I I look back to see if you were reacting in any way. If you're if you were selling uh, on some of those pretty bad calls, um, and yeah, the the, you know, the that game had a, a a lot of high profile officials 
in that game. Give me on a scale of 1 to 10 how you feel about college basketball officiating. Um, I don't know that I can comment on this, Mitch. I don't know if, you, if you've seen the last couple months. I've had uh, officials up, up in my Twitter mentions because uh, it's a hard job, and there's plenty of space for people to officiate and blah 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 about how I should do it and or whatever. But you can criticize something that you don't currently do if it's, like, so bad. And I've, I've umpired baseball 20 times before. Since I was 14 years old, I was umpiring baseball, and I really did it all the way up until I moved down to Wichita. So I've officiated before. I get it. It's a tough job, but criticism's part of it. And when you suck, you suck, and you got to be called out for it. And I think basketball officiating is in a really brutal spot at all levels right now. And what we saw in Allen Fieldhouse on Tuesday night was a pretty good example of it because it wasn't the classic, like, calls were overweighted in favor of KU. It was just a poorly officiated basketball game, whether it was from the amount of calls that were made and the mechanics of the whole process. Like, I think there ended up being, like, 42 total fouls called in the game or something along those lines. 47. Like, wait. Okay, like way too much for regulation. We saw each team was shot a ton of free throws, like over 60 free throws combined. And then in addition to that, go to the monitor a bunch uh, for like different shot reviews. So they were incorrectly calling things there. And this isn't uh, the three officials on the floor problem, but I, I'm still adamant that K-State got one extra point in the game that they didn't deserve because the refs clearly called a Marquise Noel uh, shot in the second half as a two, but the scoreboard and the stats put it in as a three, and it never got corrected to my knowledge. So that was a weird thing. And Keontae Johnson is has allegedly picked up his second foul early in the game, so he has to come out, and then they finally change it after a TV timeout to where, oh, no, that was actually on Naquan Tomlin. We'll throw you back in there. So I, I just think they got to tighten things up. And I, I was talking to Shea, who – is the, the the KU rivals guy after the game, and he was he, he thinks to me and it makes sense, but his thought was like the way things are getting officiated right now, like it, it's going to end up costing one of these big time teams in the Big Twelve this year when they're going to go somewhere and lose a game that they absolutely shouldn't, and it's going to impact them from a seating standpoint, or obviously with how close the Big Twelve title race is, it could impact them there. Um, I just think it's as bad as it's ever been, and I think a lot of it comes down to um, the gray area with the way that the game is played. And also, I've always said this, and this is not to be offensive, but we have a lot of 60-year-old men trying to keep up with 18- to 22-year-old white athletes right now, and that really isn't a great idea to have those guys running up and down the floor together for 40 minutes because – I know who's going to win that race, and I know that it's going to make it really difficult for these guys to get into the right position to make the right calls, and I think that's how we get into some problems sometimes. So one of the solutions I, I suggest, I don't know if it would work, I don't know the logistics of it, but like try maybe adding a fourth official to basketball officiating crews and see if that can take some ease off of the officials and everything they have to do. You add an extra set of eyes and, and work a little bit better together. But something's got to something's got to give here, and I, I don't know what it is, but it just feels like basketball officiating has been at an all-time poor level, 
and both Jerome Tang and Bill Self addressed that after the game. Yeah, Jerome Tang was very polite about uh, the officiating last night, really took it easy on him for, I think, obvious reasons. But Mason Vogt from Email Online is our guest. Please tell me Jerry Pollard was one of those guys that got after you in the mentions. <laughs> no, no, no. These were more uh, more like local-level type oh, guys, okay. uh, one like high school guys, one of which was my uh, high school golf coach, uh, another of which uh, – was like close to my age, I think, but he he did some officiating at the the K State Rec uh, while I was there for intramurals, and then also uh, does high school stuff. And so, like, I I respect officials, and like, I get that it's a tough thing to do, and I understand that there are some people that are idiots, but also like, you have to get the thick thick skin when you officiate because my favorite part of umpiring was people yelling at me and telling me that I was the idiot when. In the back of my head, I know they're the idiots. I know that they don't know the rules, and I know that whatever they say doesn't change what just happened on the field. So you just got to deal with it a little bit. And it's nothing personal to, to officials. It's just I think the game's in a really bad spot right now. All right, to wrap up here, Mason, um, and if you want to give thoughts on the loss to uh, KU, you can in this question, but actually – also want to look forward here. So we're halfway through the Big 12 slate. K-State 6-3, and 18-4 overall. A really good spot in the toughest conference in America. Uh, and they've played all their road games in Big 12 play have been against teams in the top half. Teams out of the six, the other five, not including K-State, of course, that are in contention for a Big 12 championship. They've already played all of those road games. Defense has been really uh, up and down, I will just say. Uh, meanwhile, they're the best scoring uh, team in the Big 12 in conference play. With the final nine games to go in conference play, what record do you think they will finish with in those nine? Um, it's tough because, you know, I'm a pretty realistic guy. Um, I would say that six, six and three is probably – a likely outcome, uh, but just because I want to be optimistic and I would like to see it happen, I'll say seven and two because I think whoever wins the Big Twelve this year goes thirteen and five. And yesterday uh, on on our podcast, uh, myself, Alex Bussey, and Gabe Schwartz, uh, the two other guys that work with me, we uh, went to the great site of bballnotnothing.net and uh, just projected the rest of the Big Twelve games to see what we got. And we got a four-way tie for first place in the Big 12 with uh, four teams finishing at 13-5. and So um, maybe that could happen. I just think they've proven they can go and take care of teams that they're supposed to. Um, They find ways to get it done. Now somebody may still bite them in some regard. Like it's going to be tricky going to Stillwater and Morgantown still. And then if you catch Oklahoma on the wrong night, like they can get you. but I think that they've proven that they can handle the teams that they're supposed to take care of. And at home right now, like, they've probably got the second-best home court advantage in the Big 12 behind Allen Fieldhouse at this point in time. So uh, for Texas coming in this weekend, like, that's going to be a big benefit to them. So I think K-State is still on the right track. The, the concerns, I get them, but also consider the fact that the three teams that they've lost to uh, in a row on the road in Big 12 play, again, are road games against top 15 teams. So now things get theoretically a little bit easier. They're still not easy because it's the Big 12, but 
I, I think they're still in a good spot for now. This weekend's going to be a big teller to us of what K-State is the rest of the way. If they beat Texas, they're still on the path to compete for a Big 12 title because they'd be tied for first. If they lose, and depending on how it looks, it, it likely gives us an idea that K-State's more so playing for seeding the rest of the way and getting themselves ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, loss against Texas would mean three straight conference losses. That's a you know obviously that's a tough skid. Uh, really tough opponents, of course. But I do have seven and two as well. I have you know one loss on the road, maybe one loss at home. Uh, it's really tough to go undefeated. Doesn't matter where you're playing, undefeated at home or on the road. Really tough thing to do. Uh, but I think seven and two it can certainly earn K State uh, a Big Twelve championship. Mason, as always, it's a pleasure. Email online cooking right now with excellent content. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, I'm I, real quick. I'm a little concerned about the Kanye love of your girlfriend's son. I thought that Kanye was canceled. I don't know though. What what's what's the verdict there? Uh, the ver- I, I guess it's uh, he's a fan of the of the music, not the politics, and uh, not the crazy Kanye. Just the genius Kanye. I think I think the issues with Kanye go beyond his politics at this point. But yeah, I uh, that's uh. Well, hey, you know, we, we know another guy uh, that used to be on this show that really loved Kanye, and I think still does in the bottom of his heart. So Still does, uh, but his distance. too hard. Yeah, he still does, but he's. I think John is, uh, you're, that's who you're talking about, spoiler alert, uh, that, that's who is, he's kind of distancing himself, I think, from Kanye. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think he wants to try and put some of that behind him, but. I don't know. Ten years from now, I'll be the guy on Twitter that that posts a picture of him dressed as Kanye, and uh, I'll get him canceled. Well, hey, Phil Collins hasn't done anything wrong, right? So you're still sitting pretty. Yep, that's right. Thanks, Mason. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on Saturday. All right, see you. It's Mason Vogt from Emaw Online. When we come back, we're going to meet a new Wildcat once again, the new quarterback in town, Avery Johnson with the media. That's up next. The game on K-Man. Trayvon really likes this bed music. I need to switch up some of what I have. How many beds do you have in your folder? I think like 20 or something. Amateur. Well, you know, I do have a bunch that you could use. (laughs) I used a lot of them yesterday. (laughs) When's the last time we've had a wrestling theme as a bed? There's some really good wrestling music out there that makes good, good bed music. John Cena's the only one I could recognize. There's a lot more than Cena in there. I know. Surprised you could see it. <laughs> wah, wah. I even had to shake that one uh-huh. off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of wrestling, I'm sure many of you have seen Lanny Poffo trending on Twitter today. It's the real-life brother, younger brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Leaping Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Passed away today in Shoot. Ecuador. I don't know what he's doing down there, but... Uh, he was not not even close to being as popular as Mach. But he was also known as he was leaping Lanny Poffo, and then he was the genius. That's where people remember him most because he turned heel. He would wear a cap and gown like he's graduating. He would read poetry and then throw the poetry as like on a frisbee or something, like throw it out to the crowd. <laughs> okay. Like yeah, when you don't want to go to a wrestling show, you don't want to, when you go to a wrestling show, you don't want to hear poetry. Right, and an arrogant, smart guy being intellectually above everybody. It's a wrestling show. It's not a shocker. 
But, uh, man, I just buried wrestling fans. How about that? Uh, but he also had an amazing voice. Like, he could have had a good career in radio. He's also actually a really good-looking guy, so he could have been on TV. Great voice. Uh, motivational speaker. But, yeah, passed away today. I also saw that if Macho Man Randy Savage was still alive, he'd be turning 70 to, uh, this year. That To me, that's wild to think of him at that age. But he, he passed away. Gosh. Oh, gosh, yeah. 11, 12 years ago, he had a uh, – if you have never heard his story, how he died, he had a heart attack while he was driving, and he and he crashed into a tree head on and died. Of course. There. I mean, yeah. I was like, man, that's a tough way to go, Mach. That is a tough way to go. All right, let's hear from a new Wildcat. As the media got to talk to a couple of newcomers today, actually a whole bunch of them, we'll, we'll have a couple of more tomorrow as well, including transfer wide receiver Keegan Johnson, who I'm very excited about. But the top of the class this year, quarterback, Mays High School, Avery Johnson. And the media got to catch up with them earlier today. What's your impre- first impressions of the place? It's been a lot of fun. Uh, first like week or so on campus I was just trying to figure out like where my classes were at um, what's the most efficient way to get from place to place but so far that I've been down here just been spending a lot of my time here um, trying to learn the playbook different type of stuff like that and just kind of watch the older guys because they've been here before they know how um, the coaches like things done and I'm just trying to be a sponge and soak up as much information as I can. How do you kind of approach being the, the new quarterback in that room? Uh, I just got to approach it like like I always have. Um, obviously I want to go in and compete and, and push everybody around me to get better because that's how um, we're going to win football games and that's how we're going to want to, or we're going to be the team we want to be is when everybody's pushing the person to the right and the person to their left to being the best possible player they can be. Um, but obviously the older guys, the people that have been here, I'm going to ask them as many questions as I can, just be in their ear and learn as much from them as I can because obviously they have some years on me. As far as on-field success goes, obviously KC coming off of a Big 12 championship, does that kind of motivate you to work harder this offseason? I know you weren't here, but kind of, does that motivate you? Uh, 100%. Uh, now that K-State is the Big 12 champs from last year, we have a target on our back. So going into any game, we're going to get every team's best. Um, so definitely, I think it, we, everybody on the team is going to have to work 10 times harder this year than they did last year to be able to main, maintain that um, high status. Every what would you like Kansas State fans to know about you? Just know that me coming in here, you're getting a, a hard worker, and you're getting a competitor, and you're getting a winner. Um, and everything I've done, I've always wanted to win. I've always liked to compete. And you're always going to get in, uh, 100% my best day in and day out. So um, that's what I want the fans to know. What are your goals by the time you leave Kansas State? A lot of winning. I, I I have like personal goals, but to be honest, like the team goals are mean more to me than any personal goal could be. Whether that's winning a Big Twelve, um, playing for a national championship, any t- different type of stuff like that. Um, I just like to I just like to play football and I like to win football games. What have you learned most about yourself during your football journey? Um, that's a good question. Really, growing up through through football is football really teaches you a lot of lessons, it, it humbles you, and it, and it definitely um, makes you into a better person. It's not just um, going in and playing on, on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whatever level you're playing at. It definitely teaches you how to overcome challenges, um, how to work through through different challenges and stuff like that, and, and how to work with people around you. So 
Um, it's not just it's not just teaching me lessons on the football field. It's teaching me life lessons as well. Whenever you mentioned that you were studying the playbook, I'm curious as to the fact that you've seen a lot of K-State football. Has that helped you in, in that in any way or no? For scheme-wise, yes. I feel like um, when you get to any level, that's one thing that's never going to change is schemes. Um, a stick concept will always be a stick concept and different type of stuff like that. So. Um, Scheming-wise, from Little League all the way up to the NFL, those will, those will always be the same. But definitely watching them play last year has helped in, in little bits. But now it's like putting signals to plays, putting names to plays, different type of stuff like that. And this is as big of a playbook as I've ever worked for. So um, it definitely takes time out of each and every one of my days to, to be able to learn that and, and because I want to master it by the time. Um, not by the time the season comes around and, and know enough of it by the time the spring comes around that I'm confident um, in my play uh, during the spring game. This is an odd question, maybe to a degree, but how, how much do you want to put on between now and the start of the fall next year? So uh, I think whenever I got in with uh, my goal sheet, I was aiming for about 195. I talked to Coach Klein. He was more in the 190 range. So any 190, 195, just putting on anywhere from 15 to 20 pounds before that time so that uh, my body is developed and can take a hit from a, a linebacker that is, I don't know, however big linebackers is. Are, are, <laughs> are, you, are you past the surreal part of this now and you, you feel like, here we are, let's go? Yeah, for sure. I feel like the first week we were kind of just getting settled in. Yeah. Um, that was surreal. We went to the K-State KU basketball game. We, they won that big game in overtime. And it was like, you got to be a college student. And then the workout started the next week and all the surreal just went out of the door. Um, we started the workouts, pushing four days a week, running one one day a week, and then we're doing the same thing this week. And then next week, we really we turn it up and we we run a lot more and lift. We do runs and lifts on the same day. So I'm just trying to trying to get better. You talk about being a sponge. Who are, who are some of the guys you kind of follow around and try to absorb the most from at this point? So far, it's really just um, it's been a lot of Will Howard. Um, he's very successful last year. He knows what it takes to be successful at this level. So just kind of watching him and um, being in his back pocket. And he's helped me greatly as I've been here. Um, Jaden Jackson, who's a, a vet receiver that's been on the uh, team for a while. He's took a lot of those young receivers on his, on his hip and just taught them right from wrong and different type of stuff like that. And he's helped me out greatly as well. Um, and then in the team runs, uh, Jordan Wright, uh, I got to run up beside him. He's pushing me every single rep, trying to get the best out of me. So just those older guys that take those leadership roles and, and really push me to be the, a better football player, I'm, I'm thankful for them. But I'll, I'll take um, coaching from, from any of the players and any of the coaches on the staff. I'll, I'll take what I can get to get better. What do you like best about Coach Klein? Uh, Coach Klein? Coach Klein is just such a down-to-earth person, um, so truthful. And he really he wants the best for you on the field, but he cares about his players for people as well. Like I texted Coach Klein yesterday and asked if he knew any good spots to eat around here, different type of stuff like that. Like you can have a conversation with him that's not just football. He cares about how you're doing. He cares how your family's doing and different type of stuff like that. It's not just, hey, how, how is the playbook coming? Hey, how is this doing? How is that doing? He really cares about you um, from the bottom of his heart. And that's Avery Johnson, just the first of probably many times we're going to be hearing from that kid over the next four or five years. When we come back, your number one song of the day, The Game. What would I do without your smart mouth? 
Drawing me in and you kicking me out You got my head spinning No kidding, I can't pin you down What's going on in that beautiful mind? I promise there's not a wedding that's about to just happen all of a sudden Just gonna tell you about this song from 2014 All of Me by John Legend, three weeks at number one But I'm breathing fine You're crazy and I'm out of my mind Cause all of me loves all of you Love your curves and all your edges All your perfect imperfections Give your Singer-songwriter, pianist, record producer from Springfield, Ohio. Did you know John Legend is a genius? No. Travion, you didn't know this? I don't think so. Oh my god, I, well here's the details, Travion. He started attending high school at 12. Oh. Graduated high school when he was 16. Harvard was like, please come to school. We'll give you a full ride. So did Georgetown and Morehouse. He ended up going to Penn. Ivy League school. Pretty smart guy. And then began his music career. He working behind the scenes. He was working with Jay-Z, Lauren Hill, Alicia Keys, many others. And then he ended up signing with Kanye. But also, he's quite the actor. Did you know this, Travion? No. Because it was five years ago, he portrayed Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar, NBC's adaption. And he received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination for his acting role, and he also won his role as the producer. He became the first black man and the second youngest person to have won all four of the major American entertainment awards. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. EGOT. Yep, EGOT. And then he became a host on The Voice. Or a coach, I should say. Not only actor there, uh, do you remember Solman, Bernie Mac? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had that role as well. Had a role in there as well. And of course, who can who could forget... He performed America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 24. <laughs> I was not at that one. Two years later, I went to my first. Ah. No idea. They usually get like people that are not known to sing America the Beautiful. Sure. Vince, Vince McMahon, not a fan of the national anthem. He felt America the Beautiful would be a better representation. Aha. Uh-huh. Eight studio albums, four top 40 hits. This is his only number one. It's from his fourth album, Love in the Future. If you can't tell, this is a love song. That's why I hear it at every, just about every wedding. And it worked. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, for his uh, fiance at the time. Oh, let me double check here. They might have been married. No, they are married. They're already married. Uh, actually, okay. Let me let me let me get these facts straight. When he wrote it and performed it for the first time, they were fiance. 
Then they got married, and then it was uh, it went number one after they were married, because they got married in September of 2013. Mm-hmm. But it's a song for Chrissy Teigen, the love of his life. Felt like there needed to be a uh, another note. Another you, note. You're, you're gonna argue with the genius, the man who has an egot. Yet his music well, stinks. Well, if he's a genius, why does he have more number ones? That's <laughs> he's got one song I like. Travion, you just some, you just said something I agree with, and I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you off there, but I think his music is boring. Yes. That's my biggest issue with him. He's a talented guy, Very. but man, his albums are snoozers. The music video are scenes of John Legend and Chrissy Teigen's honeymoon in Italy. It also features the footage of their first kiss as a married couple. It does have over 2 billion views on YouTube. Now, this song climbed to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 on its 30th week. On the chart, making it the third longest ever climb to number one. It I, kept climbing because more couples used it in their weddings. Sure. I will say what's impressive about it. It's probably the last number one to just be a guy singing with a piano. I don't think there's been one since then. You're probably right. And also the last to not be completely filthy. Because again, that's not true. Either. Some uh, student that's uh, you know working for K State Athletics. I honestly don't know his name, but he's like, you need to play more modern songs, more 2010s. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going through the list. I was like, everything needs to be heavily edited to play it on the radio, son. If you right? look at, if you look at most of the number ones from last year, most of them aren't like that. You got some Harry Styles. You got some Taylor Swift. I I, will, I won't play any Taylor Swift for number <laughs> one song. I can't stand her music. I love her as a person, but I can't. I, oh. See, I'm the opposite. I don't like her as a person. But I like I, her as a person. What's wow. Wrong with, what's wrong with Taylor Whoa. Swift as a person? There's a whole thing, man. I can't get into it right now. She seems like the nicest, most charitable person and doing good things she for, seems good, like for people. and very calculated and manipulative, in my opinion. In my opinion. And I'm just saying her public persona. She might be, like, the best person. I don't know her, obviously. So. I what mean, did she's she write Jana about Jackson. you? What, what did she write about you that has you upset? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Okay, we can. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of listen. I'm tired of listening to John Legend, but I'm trying to give the audience what they want. I'm sure there's a, a younger audience that we're not accounting for as much with number one song of the day, and there's a bunch I can play. Just kind of feel like I'd be repetitive if I do one every week. But shout out to. Uh, to John Legend. Talented musician. He's got a hot wife. Model, and then she was like on some lip singing show as a. She's actually quite entertaining on social media. Yeah, a She's DJ, kind of essentially. A DJ, yeah. yeah. Yeah, lip sync battle. Oh, yeah. LL Cool J show. All right, Travion. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a quick break. And then Trey takes over number one. Or uh, check that. What? Ask us anything. Go ahead. All your perfect imperfections. 
Ask Us Anything here on News Radio KMAN. I'm Travion. Hey, Travion. I don't know anything, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't know wow. anything, apparently. Okay. I'm just a fried brain. Anyways, what was the best compliment you've ever received? That I have the best butt at work? <laughs> that happened in high school? Oh. I was, I was going to say, to say is that David that, G comment. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we got to have a discussion with HR around here, don't <laughs> yeah. we? Ugh, Troy, don't don't pretend it. Hmm? You didn't like what was walking by. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> nope, girl in uh, girl in high school I was working with. Also happened to be my girlfriend at the time, so uh, said I had the night the best butt at work. That's a pretty good compliment. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. I it's Yeah, I'm not talk about ego through the roof. Excuse me, best butt and work uh, at work coming through. <laughs> Don't let me catch you looking. I I'm just going to lay out what mine was, leave it at one point and that was uh, a major broadcast network executive producer personal phone call after a specific ball game broadcast I'll leave the discussion there but well you're just gonna leave us hanging let's just say that it, well it was it was the night that UNC clinched its birth in the NCAA tournament literally two hours after the game I get the personal phone call on my cell phone threw me off completely but nothing about having the best backside or no, anything no no hmm. Feel like I'm winning, and I <laughs> wasn't ahead. wearing leggings. I was just wearing jeans and leggings. leggings. Oh my god! <laughs> Sometimes no man. tight sweat, no tight gray sweatpants or anything. <laughs> Why specifically gray? Uh, I have been told the ladies like gray sweatpants. Okay, interesting. Wop wop. I don't think I I I don't know. Anything Do you have, have you ever been comp? Uh, have you ever received the best compliment ever? I probably have, but nothing that sticks to my brain currently. What's the next question? Um, what's the last book you gave up on and stopped reading? Oh wow! Uh, how to have the best butt at work? <laughs> I stopped because I was told I do. So, uh, I haven't read a book, boy, in years. Do you listen to audiobooks? Uh, very few, very few. Has there been one that you started and they're like, I'm not interested in this and turned it off? I, um, I used to tick off the grade school librarian because I would go, want to go get new books every week and I hadn't read them. I just did it to have something to do during a downtime. And she got, <laughs> she's like, you're not reading these. No, I don't have an answer because I didn't start them. I would. We used to do the uh, the reading tests in school, in grade right. school, and middle school, where you'd have to answer ten questions. Right, scholastic reading. What I would do is just watch a movie that was about a book that came from a book, like Friday Night Lights, for instance. I've done that. And uh, and Harry Potter. I did that with every almost every Harry Potter movie that came out when I was in middle school. And take the tests and uh, smooth sailing. Kind of jumping off that, I would do the same thing, but with like 
so you can look up like what books were on there, you know, and I'd look up like random Michael Jackson books and I'd take all the tests and like get all of them right and get all these points. Guys, or the that's, Beatles or whatever. That's called street smarts. <laughs> I'm glad I have them because my book smarts aren't, they're not, there's not many. I, I'm just trying to think through, given the amount of books that I have gone through, what the last one was that I that I basically threw aside because there's one out there that I'm thinking of and I can't I can't it's not registering right now. But there was one where I think I got forty pages in and went, Nope, I'm done. Like within the last year, but that was how bad it was. I just don't even want to remember what the title was. With that I need to go do some squats. Troy hosting tomorrow. I'm heading to Topeka. K-Man. Go Cats.